Don't try this at home. Welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and the idea of hats more than the reality of hats. I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. Broom closets are just closets. I don't have to put my broom in there. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Today on the show, we're talking with Christine Ramirez, Director of Design at Capost. Hi, Christine. Thanks for being on the show. Hi. Hi, thanks, uh, for, thanks for being me. here, Christine. So let's let's dive right in. Tell us how um, you know. I assume that something happened between birth and director of design at Capost, and, <laughs> and fill in some of the details there. Sure. Yeah. Um, so growing up, uh, I actually did not know that you could be paid to be a designer and do what I'm doing today. Um, for me, I only had four options: lawyer, doctor, accountant, engineer. So um, I was really dabbling in design. Um, right around the time the internet kind of came into my life around I was like probably 14 or so. And there was this, um, do you guys know, um, that chat room that was like started by a company called Excite, which was a competitor at Yahoo. Does that ring a bell at all? Excite chat. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So I was super into that kind of a nerd and, um, it was the way that it worked was that you would be in a chat room and then you had like avatars because back in the day, nobody really had webcams and like profile pictures were not really a thing. <laughs> and so to be part of that community, you sort of um, had to use either like a really crappy avatar that they gave you or you created your own. And what I ended up doing was because I was super into a lot of like just the compositing of how others had created their own avatars. I sort of asked them, how did they do that? What software did they use? And Little did I know that 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 was sort of the beginning of like my graphic design interest and career. So from there I started, yeah, I just like, I was 14 and like had no idea like people get paid for this. Um, So it was just very fortuitous. I kind of stumbled into it. And um, from there people were, you know, I was creating my own avatars, you know, a few a week. And suddenly people were starting to ask me, like, where did you get that? And I was like, oh, I just made this. They're like, oh, can I like download that? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. And I... I was not a very enterprising young individual at the time. So I was just like, here's, here it is for free. No and I would make websites just to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh yeah, like no big deal to me. And so I, I just kind of had, you know, built my HTML, CSS skills um, that way by providing a platform for others to download um, these avatars that I was creating. And from there, you know, I, I just like gotten better and better over time at, at building websites um, alongside just like putzing around and, you know, making some making these avatars. Um, and all the while I'm thinking I'm going to be a lawyer. So I'm going to go to, you know, or, or just kind of get my law degree or do something with international relations, something along the lines of that. Um, and but wait, did, did luckily, you, did you yeah. feel like you could only be a lawyer or an engineer or these, like, is this like a family imposed yeah, thing that, thanks for that, asking that Kendall, you I, wanted to be? We need to know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like my, my parents came here from the Philippines. So they, you know, their idea of success was that their children will be one of these four things. And so I just didn't have, I, I didn't really ask questions. I was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Like seems reasonable to like when I become when I start adulting that's when the fun ends and I will do that <laughs> so that if was you like become a lawyer I, then yeah absolutely that is when the fun ends exactly you... for sure <laughs> yeah and and you know if I'm being perfectly frank like I I had 
thought about being a lawyer specifically, what was intriguing to me was in the realm of like international relations and diplomacy. And I love, I'm learning, and this is kind of a good connection between like where I'm today and that as a leader, I see that my interest in that, it, it explains a lot of my own style as a leader. Interesting. Um, so while I didn't actually like take any, you know, real courses, I, I chose my school based off of that program, but I didn't actually, thank God, like somebody like shook me and said, Hey, you know, people pay you can pay you for this. I was like, wait, what? Uh, like, so that, I just like, I, I'm just super glad that that, that had come about organically. Um, but a lot of the choices and like interests that I look back on, like they make sense now, like given where I am today. So, um, so, you know, thank God in college, you know, in the middle, like I might've been like a sophomore or something when, um, I, I had discovered that there is, you get paid, you can get paid for this. And so, um, that was a tough conversation with my mom. She was worried about like, like, what do you mean art? Like, are you going to be able to support yourself? And just that, that whole conversation was really hard. Um, and I had, you know, but I had done my, my research. I had talked to a lot of people about, um, what does what does a career in design really look like? What are my options? So um, ultimately, I was just super lucky that the school that I was in, I didn't have to transfer out. They did have a, have a program. Um, so I ultimately did uh, graduate with a degree in graphic design and advertising art. So roughly around, it's, it's not quite where I, what I'm doing now, but it was, it put me in the right direction. Um, and so from there, like, I was just super confused. Like, so I graduated and I was, but I was just generally confused around like, what environment should I, you know, be in? Like, I, I just didn't really, I really took a very exploratory route in terms of my career. Um, there were a lot of forks in the road for me that presented itself. Like, I, I didn't know if I wanted to continue down the coding route road or if I wanted to stay on the design um, road. Did I want to go into business? Um, again, like these role, these like forks explain a lot of why I am where I am today. Um, and so just kind of like through those ex like exploratory detours, um, I, I like ended up on Wall Street for a short period of time, which was like, well, really, really a like hard design lesson on for Wall Street. What, what, what kind of gig was it? Like not even it was it was a um, so it was in marketing, a marketing team, but doing like being they, at the time they had realized that um, they needed someone, quote unquote, creative and they and the role that they were looking to fill was just someone who was completely like out of left field like out of like just not consistent with what they would typically hire and and from what i understood of that of those conversations was that they they just they needed somebody they really needed a user experience designer but there was at the time there wasn't a that that wasn't a common title um especially in the investment banking oh. world so this was for the users? I'm oh, sorry, I wanted to get in there for a second. This was a gig where you would be designing for the users of their of their trading platform or something like that? Yeah, so it was for their website. So for um oh, okay. it was like right. really their asset management website and you know they had different like filtering user like UI for for finding certain fund filters and things uh, funds and things like that. So um they needed somebody to to take a look at the user experience of that because people just weren't finding what they were supposed to be finding. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of bad financial and, websites. <laughs> oh yeah. And back then, back then, and not to date myself, but back then it was, it was, it was horrific. So <clears throat> I felt, I found the, um, I found the opportunity to be really interesting. 
Um, I was interested in in doing something completely outside of my wheelhouse. Um, I learned I learned about myself that I learned really quickly, and that so that was a good. While it was it was a very short stint because I, I recognized very quickly like this is not for me. Um, I, I did learn a lot about myself just just by taking those detours. Um, so now then, so what you know, are some of the other detours you took? You, yeah, you spent a brief period on Wall Street. I mean, what other kinds of jobs did you have along the way? Um, yeah, so the other the other sort of detour that I was evaluating was really do I want to go deeper in the development route because I I found myself naturally good at at mostly the front end stuff. And I had a mentor who was an engineer at the time at the place that I was working. And he said that, well, like, you know what? Hey, kid, you really got a, a mind for this. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, was like, like, here's why. And I don't know, like, he just he just took took to me, I think. And he said, um, and I was quite good at the front end stuff, for sure, at the time. Um, but and he kind of said, like, if you want to further your career, um, I could see you like you've kind of like you're, you're very comfortable there. But I could see you expanding your skill set by learning more of the back end stuff and um we'd love for you to join the team and and so at that point um I had to ask myself like I was interested and it wasn't it's not that I wasn't it's just um then I would have to be turning my back on on a on a discipline design which I've had a very long level affair with and I, it's kind of like do I really want to turn my back on that right now um where at a point where I don't feel like I'm good enough to to even I just didn't feel like I was good enough in design. I just, there was more unfinished business there that I wanted to do. And so I, I, you know, at the same time, I had another mentor on the, on the creative side and he kind of, I, you know, posed to him, like, this is, this is, these are my decisions. And he, he said to me, he was like, you don't want to do that. (laughs) And I was like, really? I don't know. I think I'd be pretty good. And he was just like, no, I just like, here's why. And I don't remember exactly the rationale, but he was able to convince me that, um, listen, like you have, you you're, you, while you're not as good at design right now as you are at the front end stuff, you have potential, more potential there than I think you do in the, on the engineering side. And you are, I don't know, like he just kind of convinced me. I don't even remember. It sounds like you have a really good relationship with that person that they can come out and tell you, look, I think you're making a mistake here. That's a good, that's a good mentor. Assuming you're, you know, obviously you're happy with the outcome of that decision ultimately. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, I, I, I've been very lucky in that, in that regard. How do you go about looking for mentors? It sounds like you had a technical mentor, someone who was more interested in your programming world. And then, then you have a design Mm -hmm. mentor or had, how do you, how did you find those mentors? Mm -hmm. I didn't find them. Honestly, I think they just found me like, first of all, I'm a very chatty person. I like to, (laughs) I like to, I'm always, I'm just very curious about what people are doing and what they're up to. And I think just by nature of the questions that I ask um, and like, I like just folks for some reason, they feel comfortable um, asking me questions as well. And in that. They saw some potential in you. Yeah, maybe. And, and they, I think just like, like to me, mentorship, at least as it has been for me, has been about good questions and discussion through and discussion um, that has have like organically over time developed into a mentorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so I think it was never. I, I have to say, like, it really wasn't deliberate. I, I've just been super lucky. I, I'm. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm totally for. And um, even now, in my current, you know, place in my career, I'm actively looking for for mentorship for sure. Because 
um, you know, sometimes you do, you do out, you, while I've had several mentors in the past, you outgrow some, um, some mentors sort of go, go in another direction and, and aren't, you, you aren't necessarily aligned on, on the same challenges. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. um, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's and tough. So you're, you're moving forward now. Like, so you've had, you've had these, these mentors who, are, and, and the gigs you've talked about, these jobs that you've had, uh, so far in this discussion, you've talked about, um, have been individual contributor roles, and mm-hmm. then you moved onward into uh, uh, leading teams, I assume. At what, at what point did that happen? Yeah, so that's, um, so leading teams is a tricky, like the word lead, I think is is super tricky. I know people, that, that conversation around, there's always a conversation around the difference between leading and managing. I think I've always, um, not deliberately, but I, I do have seen myself be a de facto leader oftentimes mostly because I find myself or maybe others find me saying things that they're thinking but aren't aren't comfortable saying. Um, and so in in doing having a habit of doing that for better or for worse, quite frankly, um, I've found myself in positions of like leading people. So um mostly like like for example, there have been many cases in my career where like there'll be a meeting and it's, you know, there, there, the whole team is quiet. And then I just kind of blurt out whatever it is people are already thinking because I'm, I'm working it out in my own head. That's how I process. I'm an external processor by speaking out loud and, and, and saying perhaps dumb things. It allows me to suss out whether or not I really believe the thing that I'm just saying. And so um, just because of that's how I am, I, in meetings, I'm quite vocal and, and I often say things that maybe in retrospect are not like people, like a, a normal person would be afraid to say basically, <laughs> whereas like, <laughs> like, like I, but... well, so, so when does that kind of thing happen that, that was really dramatic? Like, did, did you, have oh. you kind of changed the, the course of a project or something like that where you're like, but everyone is thinking blah. Okay. So I'll uh, tell you a time. Can where, you think of a time when that happened? Yes. I can tell you, I can, I can, there is a time that I recall often. And I, I again, don't try this at home. I, I think <laughs> knowing what I know now, I would not, I, I would, I would, I wish I could slap that, like the, the young kind of brash, arrogant kid. Cause like, this is just, but this is a perfect example. Um, I, I might've been like 23 or 24, like working in a pretty big team, pretty big design team. Um, and like something happened with a project manager had like screwed up and like, didn't tell us about this project <laughs> that apparently was like, I don't know. Like it was just so, it was so offensive just in how badly this this project was managed right and we're all like there's like 12 of us sitting there and we're like two weeks out from from Christmas break and um like everyone's sitting around the table just kind of looking at each other explaining that this is a terrible situation that we're in here's where we're at like we're gonna have to work like over the the break and and it's likely that we're gonna have to work on the weekends as well um and it was just bad news all around right Mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm fuming and I know everyone else is fuming and I'm just a kid, you know, it's kind of like, because you feel so out of control as a, as a, as a junior individual contributor in those situations, because you're so far removed from the decisions that were made to get you to that point. So I, I was just not happy, you know? And so I'm sitting there and I, the only thing I could think to say was, why is everybody looking at each other? Let's get to work. And I just kind of like got up really abruptly and just like, and just like went to my desk and started working. And, and then I, again, not, not my proudest moment, but I share that because it's, it's like, I didn't, it just demonstrates that I didn't even like consider 
sometimes that maybe people won't like what I said. Right. And I think like I've matured a lot for sure in my profession um, where there's a way to say things that that are like you're challenging that this is not a good situation Like you can challenge things in a way that's not making others feel like they've failed the team. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's just not I've learned. Oh, man, I've learned that lesson. And I think that was thank God, like after that instance that I I'd like made that mistake early in my career where other people who saw that I was just this like young like just naive frustrated fr- yeah and fresh and they just also saw that yeah you're I agree with you this is shitty you know um I was just again super lucky that I had really great people around me to tell me what where I went wrong like but at the same time support my ability to voice what other people are thinking mm-hmm. so is that where you I mean is that sort of the beginning of being in leadership is being the person that just speaks up and then you know, making those mistakes, speaking up brashly. I mean, is that sort of where you see the genesis of you moving into more of a leadership role? I do. While it was many, many years before I was able to, I, I, that, that leadership was more formalized. So for, so an example, like I, I've only been a manager officially for like two and a half years. So I'm very young in my sort of like official people management role. Um, but when I like kind of connect the dots, um, I was not ready many, many times. Like I would demonstrate, you know, like just, I think just like my, I think what, what helped me were other people just kind of slow, slow, like almost like honing me. Um, It's kind of like, they saw that there was like some kind of like, there was someone thinking there, right? There's there's a brain there. And so while there's no filter, Like there is no, you know, ability. This girl has no, like she, she needs to take a few seconds, a few beats, you know, to, to really um, think through really at the heart of it. What am I trying to say? Um, yeah. What is the goal here? Exactly. That is always yeah. the question to ask up front. Totally. And oh, learning not to just be like, I feel X is, yeah, it's a huge lesson. Yeah. And it, it sounds like, yeah, as you say, you were lucky that when you have done that, it didn't just derail everything. Like what happened after you did that at this place where, you know, you're looking to, Oh, now we have to work over Christmas. God damn it. Uh, what, what was that? You know, what was the outcome of that? Did something bad happen as a result of you blowing, blowing it up like that? Well, I mean, I think, I think luckily for me, that was the least of like everyone's concerns. Um, it was kind of like, it was, and also it, I, this is on the East coast too. So quite frankly, outbursts like that were, were not uncommon. <laughs> like this is like the New York area. So, um, mm-hmm. like I, I, I'm like, I, that, that I didn't, I, I, what I did here was people like my peers coming to me and saying, yeah, so glad you said that. Like just kind of saying like, I was thinking the same thing, like just ca- kind of getting more or less respect from my, my peers. Um, mm-hmm. but Later in that project, I kind of did something similar <laughs> where it was another outburst after just a, a ton of stress. And my my boss at the time had like my, like a couple of them had come up to me and handled me, I think, in a very kind, empathetic, but firm and direct way. So they just had a conversation with me and just kind of said, like, hey, we, we get we get the, the, the rising frustrations. We get the stress. Um, we've done X to, in order to fix that. Um, but moving forward, if you really want to, you know, communicate something, sometimes you have to kind of take a little bit of 
the heat off of, off of what it is that yeah. you're saying. Um, be more effective. Yeah. Have you had people you work with respond that way to you? And, and, and you've seen that and been like, ha, that was me early in my career. Oh, oh man, totally. Totally. I, it's like, I, and I, it allows me to really look at them, look to to really respond to them in a way that is not immediately like disciplinary because it's like, you know, I think a lot of folks who may not understand like where that's coming from or may not take, want to take the time to understand where that's coming from. Like the immediate response could be, how do I discipline this person? Um, where, and, and, and granted, I, I'm super new in this. So that just, I'm also in the process of navigating like the line of that myself. Um, but just making, just, it's like, I feel like I've fallen down the stairs. I've like hit every step on the way down, you know, like that's kind of like, so, you know, when I see sort of like, um, you know, designers who may not have found their voice in a team, uh, I'm glad I've, I've made those mistakes and, and have gone first in that regard. And how, so now you're in a position obviously to, to raise up, to, to counsel people who are on your team that you see having these same, I mean, you know, there's that stereotype that, 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 that the creatives are more emotional that, you know, that you're, totally. yep. that you're, you've got fire because you're, you're making art kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have, uh, do you see that happening on your team or on teams that you've had? And, and do you now counsel people as how to kind of get in, get out of their own way in that respect? I do. I have to say, I'm really lucky in that the team that I have that I have had when in, in the, you know, as a manager, um, they were not, they were not as bad as I was at all by any stretch. I was pretty, I was pretty, I had a tude, you know, like I, I really had a tude. And I mean, and this was like, these were just, they, they weren't like, it wasn't like I had an ego and like every day I was coming in with like this, like super, um, uh, diva, like, you know, attitude that not, not I don't want to paint myself as that, but when we, when things were hard, right. When leadership is most important, that's when I didn't show up mm-hmm. and that's, and that's bad. Right. Like that's, that's like, well, not, it's like, it's, it's just something I had to learn. Um, whereas like there you're, you're absolutely right. The stereotype of the creative, that's a, that's very pervasive in that, look, we learn how to communicate with pictures, drawing, like we don't learn how to communicate with words. Like, it's like, oh, now I got to communicate with words. Like that's, that's actually a big, um, you know, um, topic that I talk about with a lot of um, designers, because that's such not an explicit skill that is taught, even in traditional art schools, Uh um, or traditional design schools. So um, when I say that writing is, is almost, is as important, if not more important, than the strength of your skills, because if you're not able to connect the dots between what this, what your work means from an engineering perspective, from a user's perspective, from a business perspective, your work will never ever see the light of day. So while like this was kind of while the skill was very is was kind of like under the radar for a lot of designers and as it was for me, um, the only like you're not going to be successful in this business. Um, until you learn how to communicate with your words without attaching meaning and emotion and just like, you know, like attaching so much of, of that to it. Like you can show your passion through the work, you can show your passion, how you show up for your team, but 
showing your passion and your arguments where like your your people are only seeing that passion and they're not able to to see the the essence of what you're saying yeah that is yeah. very career limiting i find that then they I, just write you off right they, yeah. yeah being able to provide the context that is necessary to understand to parse someone's work it's super mm-hmm. critical and people who are better at that and and not necessarily as good at design or you know at at the at the core part of their job often make more progress in their careers because yeah. they're able to yeah. place themselves in context and the work that they're doing in the context of the larger product um so yeah and, it's a yeah. huge huge part of any job where you're you know explaining what it is you're doing and why uh, i agree totally. yeah. it's yeah. a lot to learn um so do you, so it sounds like one of the, one of your strongest characteristics as a leader is that you're willing to say what other people won't necessarily say. Obviously, that has to be tempered with, is this the right way to say the thing that we're trying to achieve totally. here? Um, right. Is that what you would say is one of your strongest characteristics as a leader? Or uh, do you have other other aspects of your leadership that have kind of come into power since you've come into power? Um. I think that's definitely what allowed me like realizing that that is what I do naturally and intuitively again, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that allowed me to have the confidence that, um, Oh, pe- like once people started listening, like once I started stop being such a brat and people actually started listening and I was able to start to hone that. Um, I realized that I, I started to build confidence in that. Oh, I'm not an idiot. Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a dummy. Like these aren't terrible ideas. You know, um, I started getting support from the team and, and in that, you know, more further conversations, like, well, what could this mean? And um, enabling other people to add to that conversation and just being willing to be the first person to broach a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, that is something that, again, maybe if I had more, if I was like more, uh, if I, if I maybe breathed a little bit before I might've like, like, you know, said some things, I might talk myself out of things, important conversations that need to be had. Mm. Um, but, you know, in learning that, um, I, yeah, I, I would recognize that that is, I recognize that that is just like naturally my, um, perhaps one of my strengths. I think another one is just my desire. This is a weird balance, actually, because this is counterintuitive, given what I just said. I have a really strong desire for harmony, which is why I, um, I am really good at being sort of the connector among disparate pieces. Um, I mean, I can see how, how arguing, you know, trying to get out what everybody else is thinking is also related to, you know, there's tension in the room and you can't stand the tension. So you need to address it head on. But, but how much Christine of that, that first part, where you are, you know, speaking up and, and pressing on things that others won't, how much of that is a actual social skill where it's, you know, that that's become a, a leadership thing where you're just willing to say the things that other people wouldn't say versus how much of that is is actually that you're having some kind of different intuition as to what's going on in the situation? I mean, do you think it's entirely uh, a social skill or do you feel like uh, you're actually seeing something differently than others? That's a really good question. I, I don't I don't know, but I will say that one thing that I've learned about myself recently, again, for better or for worse, I I've had to manage my own ability to not absorb other people's emotions. For example, if I'm talking to some, like there was a period in my, you know, in my learning, you know, in my onboarding to be the, to in my current role, 
I was, you know, I was just hearing, you start to hear a lot of people problems, <laughs> right? You're just, now you're, now you don't own, not only do you have your own problems, but now you have other people's, you know, problems and your role is to listen and, and to just be a sounding board and, um, and, and if appropriate provide guidance, um, but so you're talking the, like the management of interpersonal relationships exactly. at work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, and in that, I, I, rem- I, I did not know how I was just taking on everybody's emotions. I'm very sensitive to, to sort of that. You're right, Kendall, like just the dynamics of what's going on in the room, the temperature of the room. I'm very sensitive, extremely sensitive to that. Um, and so like, if I come out of a meeting where there's a lot of like, discord with no resolution at whatsoever and we just all like this actually hasn't happened recently but if if there ever is a situation where we leave the room and there is no resolution and there's no hope for a resolution and and i and Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like there are any clear next steps that is an extremely stressful it's super uncomfortable it's like walking around with shoes that don't fit like it's just kind of like there's something not right um (laughs) and it's like really and and you know what it's very emotionally taxing and not sustainable so i've had to big i've had to build tools for myself um to sort of you know retain that ability to be empathetic and to read the temperature of the room to understand that there are there are things left unsaid so that i can manage you know respond to that appropriately um yeah so that you can cut through it and have an action plan and lead leave feeling like people know how to move forward, which, which exactly. makes sense. So, yeah. um, I mean, this is a podcast called authority issues. We like to ask everyone, you know, talk about your relationship <laughs> with, what? Uh, with authority. <laughs> like, how do you feel about having authority other over other people? Are you, are you comfortable with it? Does it make you uncomfortable? Um, and then what do you feel about having other people have authority over you? Um, I would say that I've been mostly uncomfortable with it. Um, it's only lately that I've started to recognize that I let I the the impact that I'm looking to make, I have to do work with myself to become comfortable with authority. Um, mostly and it's mostly has to do with just run of the mill vanilla imposter syndrome. You know, I, I think that's just that that that's what I attribute that to. Um, and then as far as like my relationship to authority, I've always challenged authority. Um, not in an, I would say like not necessarily in an aggressive way, just more in the, I'm curious, like, I don't understand this decision or I don't get it. Like specifically, um, I, so I grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school my entire life, like all the way up till college. And this, the entire time I I was just never really, I, I just didn't, couldn't connect with the religion because nobody in the position of authority could explain to me really, really big questions without, without me feeling like they were resolved oh I so hear you I yeah. hear you on this so like, much I mean it's been 18 years like can anybody answer this you know so and I was I was like an altar server I tried really hard like I was a lector I was I worked in the office like I was mm-hmm. super like you know I'm like I'm, I'm on board like I love having friends like this is great like built-in friends like why wouldn't how, like who wouldn't like this situation but there's just like open gaping questions that just nobody like you just got to have faith like that was just the just like the default answer when you get hit the end of the road there. So with that, because of that experience, I realized that just because somebody is in a position of authority doesn't mean that you can, you shouldn't or can't question them or in, in a respectful manner um, where, you know, I, I am comfortable now with authority that I 
like as long as as long as the person that has authority over me can um, explain to me decisions that were made and I don't have to agree with it and I'm okay with being with disagreeing but then moving forward as a team um, what I don't what I where I struggle is if I get the same kind of answers um, that I did growing up where it's just kind of like well it just is what it is like is the law yeah yeah well i think i think there's something there to uh you know there's the 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 further i've moved in my career in leadership the more that i find you know there there's sort of this mythical well when i reach this level i'll know what to do right Right. and 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 nobody knows what they're doing right like i mean they 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 have ideas and they have more experience and they they maybe know some more of the questions or they know something that worked once right but they they don't know what's going to work in this situation no nobody can and so if there's no humility in the person that's your 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 leader you know like like you're saying with the 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 religious upbringing of like well we just don't have an answer for that and you're gonna have to deal right like or Mm -hmm. uh in your work like well this is just the direction we're going get on board or get out right if 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 somebody can say hey this is the direction we're going and we're not sure it's the right direction but this is the you know the closest we've got and uh this is why we think it's the right decision you know that's that's a very different thing and um, yeah, totally. being open Absolutely. to the questioning is the important yeah. part there, right? Well, and it oh, also I sounds remember, as though, oh, go ahead, Kendall. Well, I was just going to say, I remember, you know, I have I have a seminary degree, right? And in seminary, raising my hand and saying, hey, this is an interesting idea that y'all all believe this. What do, what do people who disagree with this view think? You know, and, and I remember a professor saying, well, I don't have an answer for that. And I'm like, bullshit. You know, the people <laughs> yeah. aren't sitting around going, oh, we, we don't have an idea. You know, like that right. well, drove yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like enough of like, and I get like, I'm okay. So there are also situations where, you know, there, there cannot, you cannot disclose everything. Right. So I'm not, that's, I think that that is, right. you know, that, that that's, you know, that, that's reason, that's a reasonable, you know, um, it's not reasonable for me to, to say, give me the, all the nitty gritty, like every, every gory detail of everything. You know, th- I don't think that's reasonable, but if there's too many times where the answer is just like, no, well, this is the direction because I'm the expert, like, or, well, no, like there's no way we can be wrong here. Um, that's when I start to get worried because it's kind of like, I don't know if you don't know, like, what you don't know or i don't know if you're just not being honest with me it's like there's so many like Mm -hmm. there's just so many questions now i have i'm like i have only more questions (laughs) it's like yes and um, as you move up in the org and you know you're i don't know if this is your first time being a director but yeah that same thing's going to continue to happen like what is the level of which at which i stop needing to know more right Uh, and and also in the business world asking people to take stuff on faith is just bullshit like you you can say, as you were just pointing out, Christine, like there's some stuff that you you shouldn't know for the safety of the company and, you know, for legal reasons or whatever. But uh, in general, there should not be a kind of, you know, you don't need to know this. So I'm not going to tell you world in business. You're you're there. You've committed your time and your career and you're entitled to know what the decision was or why. Well, yeah, so. especially if you're expected, if you're especially if you're expected to execute flawlessly on it, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. well, if if I can, if you're if I, my role is to ensure that the team will execute on this plan, 
we won't be able to make the right decisions along the way without some context. So, you know, if, if, how can I be, how can, how, how can I be enabled sort of to, to make this, whatever it is that you're planning a success without some of this context. And um, I know that, the, you know, I, I probably am, am a, I just, I'm, I always have a lot of questions. So I, I can see how, um, so by the way, just for the record, my boss is awesome. Like he, he, like he and I have, have a great relationship where I am, a, we are able to have these really candid conversations, but if it, if it were not, if that were not the case, I could see that I could, I could see how a manager would find me very expensive to manage. <laughs> you that, require a lot of discussion. Yeah. I'm just like, but, but then why this though? Like, that's weird. Like that's kind of like how it's like, okay, that makes sense to me. I get that. But then what about this? And then, and quite frankly, sometimes because I had mentioned earlier, the way that I, I process things is externally. Um, sometimes these, the answers to those questions, I, I have to admit are often, they don't, they don't really matter. You know, so it's like just so, a means to an end, right? You're going in a direction with your thoughts. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's I'm I'm really just opening doors, right? I'm like, oh, what's in this closet? Oh, cool. Just choose. Call. All right, there's nothing in there for me. And I'll, <laughs> like, that's kind of rooms in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just how my quirky brain works, you know. Um, and and but because I have like a really a good relationship with my own, and again, I I, I sort of. You know, again, I didn't ask him to be my mentor, but I do see him as a mentor of mine um, that that I feel that I can definitely trust with a lot of like my own, um, you know, questions of of where, like, who am I? Like, am I an individual contributor? Am I a manager? I don't know. Like, there, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with him about that spe- that topic alone um, because it was super like, hard to make that want transition. To yeah, like I, I have to oh, admit... So you- I kind of fell into this role. Uh, um, I was going to say, so you, did you join that org as an individual contributor and work your way up to, I, I see. Did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. And that's hard sometimes when you're, uh, when, when the folks you're working with have known you as not a manager and mm-hmm. now you're a manager, that can be quite complicated. Has, has that been an issue for you? I will, I will say it was super deeply uncomfortable until about, maybe like a year and a half into it and and a topic for another conversation like at the time when I was promoted I was also 10 weeks pregnant so I I hadn't even told them yet I was just like what do I that was another thing I was just like should I tell them should I not me they might not they might regret the decision I don't know like that were the case that they would be wrong (laughs) 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 you even (laughs) have to sit there and wonder that that's oh my goodness that sucks but I understand why you would yeah, that yeah. was the first. That, it was funny because the, the way that converse and I joke about it still to this day. And and you know he you know he he told me and I I had this you know kind of secret I guess like because I was waiting till the twelve week mark the standard thing, and it was I was ten weeks pregnant and and he t- tells me this and I just my, I didn't have any reaction physically. I just looked at him and I was just in complete shock because again I was not expecting this. This was not necessarily part of like my own ideas of where I was going to grow. No, you're um, going to be a lawyer. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll talk about another detour, right? Like there's, that was just kind of, I saw it at the moment as a detour and, um, or like another fork that was presented to me. Sure. And I, and you know, I, um, in that moment and, and he kind of, he looked at me and he was like, like, I just like told you that you're going to be quote unquote promoted and that you're going to have a raise. Like, are, like, are you happy? Like, do you like this? <laughs> like he just, it just became really awkward at the end. 
and I had to shake my head because it's like I, I was like almost like it was slow motion for me because again like I had it was so it was I was shocking and I had had been holding on to this you know thing you know the secret so to speak for for a few weeks and I didn't know how to broach the subject there but yeah, ultimately um, it sounds like it worked out <laughs> oh absolutely like it I, I, again like better than I could have imagined um and but in that navigating of um do I become a manager? Do I not? Like I found that there was a lot of parallels between becoming a new parent and becoming a manager for the first time. There were, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like, just, I'm glad it happened at the same time, even though it was super painful because it was, I, I just didn't even know if I was doing a good job at anything at that point in my life. You um, got it all over with at once. Yeah. Cause it was just like, okay, I'll solve it here. And then I'll, I'll also solve it there. It's a very good systems thinking if you really think about it. So I was just like, I, I was like, in you retrospect. Know, I, yeah, in retrospect, but I have to say like the first year and a half, I was deeply uncomfortable with it. Um, what allowed the, ultimately the thing that, that helped me get, um, navigate that was obviously the support from my manager was, was huge. The support from my, the team was huge. Um, the, the team at Capos is incredible. Like they, they just were not, um, gonna let me off the hook that easy in that in that I am typically typically very hard on myself. They weren't gonna let me do that to myself. They really, you know, they 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 held me up during that period. Oh, that's and, super great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. I wouldn't have made it, I think, without that support. Um, well, and you know, we'll finish your thought. Uh, I, I was just gonna say, like the and also like the the Capos had sent me to some training in. Um, San Francisco with, um, you know, very well-known design leader, and it's called Design Leadership Fundamentals. And essentially, um, a lot of the ongoing challenges I'd had, like the, just the questions I had about how to build the team, what do I, how do I structure um, our weeks so that, you know, how do we, how do we use routines in order to create stability in a naturally chaotic environment? Like that was super crucial for me to just, those two days, it's like I. It's like the the manager I was before that training, and then the manager I was after that training. Um, wow. I think with that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So can you say what the? Because yeah. I I would like to uh, to you know uh, make a shout out for that. What was totally, this course yeah. you took? So it's um it's run by a design leader. Her name is Mia Bloom, and uh-huh. her company is called Design Department. And this particular workshop was called um, Design Leadership Fundamentals. Awesome. We will make sure yeah. that's in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, so then for the, the sake of time, Christine, uh, tell us just a little bit about your, your personal life before we wrap up. You, you, you've got a kid, do you have multiple kids? What do you, what, what keeps you entertained when you're not working? What are your hobbies? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, have to so, all be just about your family, but yeah. I mean, it's kind of is at this point. I like, I have a, I used to be, the reason why I moved here to Boulder, Colorado was I was, um, a cyclist on the East coast. And just, you know, that, that was what I was spending most of my time on, but, um, I've sort of like let that fall to the wayside. Um, I'm basically surviving at this point <laughs> as like a, a mother of a toddler. Um, he's, he's gonna, he's 21 months now. So almost two. Um, and yeah. And honestly, like I, all I do outside of that is, is read a, a lot of leadership books, um, which is super nerdy, but, um, yeah. I, I'm, you know, trying to get um, additional perspective on um, on how do I, I just how do I get better at um, managing sort of like creative folks, you know, not that not that that word creative is is kind of is loaded, yeah, but it's, it's just like how loaded. do I 
Yeah, because I feel like everyone's creative, but um, but specifically like the concerns oh. of a designer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, do you want to argue? No, 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 no. I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, is is there one book that stands out in your mind that you've read recently that's that's had a big impact on you? Yeah, my favorite book. Um, so there's a few, but I, the one I really want to shout out because I think it's unusual is it, it's a book called Extreme Ownership, and it's written by um, a guy named Jocko Willink and uh, Neil. Oh no, his name is I forget his the other the co-author, but. Um, they were ex-Navy SEALs. And so um, I listened to this podcast. It's it's called the Jocko Podcast, not super creative podcast, but it does talk about leadership, especially in the context of um, of war and, and you know, the military. Uh-huh. And like what higher stakes, there's no, high, like I don't work in higher stakes than. Yeah, well, yeah. People's lives example. are not really yeah. on the line here. Right. And then yeah. their principles are really easy and simple to grasp. Um, so I recommend that book because it's not kind of in your typical, like, you know, um, recommended lists, um, at at least not the ones I've come across. So I, I, that one has a huge, has had a huge impact on how I think about, um, my role. How do I communicate with my team? How do I engage with my peers as well as my, um, my, uh, the higher ops essentially. Oh, thank you. And I just looked this up. It's called Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy Seals Lead and Win by Jocko Willink, Willink and exactly. Leif Babin. There something he is, like that. I'm, Babin. I'm sure I butchered yeah, yeah, yeah. those names, but, but cool. Rachel will put, put it in the show in notes. notes too. Yeah. So, and then yeah. Um, because we are really coming up at the end of the, uh, of the hour, unfortunately, thank you for being so uh, willing to chat with us. Um, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, you, best bet is on LinkedIn. Um, and it's just my name, Christine Ramirez. Um, you can reach me from there. Cool. Actually, can I add? Can I add one thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Because sure. I feel like I um I would be remiss if I didn't mention that um Kapost is hiring. We're hiring a bunch of. We have a lot of open roles for, on our engineering team. So just knowing that the audience um has is likely engineers, um mm-hmm. definitely check out our careers page. That's All good. Right. Wait, wait, wait we'll get a plug in. I think you're the first to pull that <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, wait. Oh, well nice. So. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Christine. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks.